but God, those but God moments happen all the time. And so if you're trusting in God for those and praying over that and being God honoring of what you know, if he's telling you to do something, if he's telling you don't back down, he's saying don't back down, don't back down. Welcome to the Prophetic Justice Podcast, where we talk with people who love God and work across a variety of social justice professions. I'm Tatiana Burgum, and I'm on a mission to learn from my fellow peers in the field about how God speaks to them and the impact it has on their work. Let's take a look at social justice work through a supernatural lens. Thank you everyone for joining us today on this episode of Prophetic Justice. I am so excited for this conversation and have this beautiful guest with me today, Amy Baker. Amy is a wife, a mother, and a pro-life lobbyist from South Carolina, whose work is single issue focused on one of the greatest human rights violations of our time, the right to life. So Amy has been involved with the passage of pro-life legislation across the state, such as the passage of the South Carolina Fetal Heartbeat, and Protection from Abortion Act, which is currently under review by the South Carolina Supreme Court. But what hasn't already been said is about where her story begins and ends. Amy's personal relationship with Jesus Christ is hands down the strongest influence in her life. God's given her so many revelations about his goodness, his mercy, his grace, his love and truth, driving her passionately in every aspect of her work and relationship. She has seen his power in her life, and she cannot help but talk with every single person she comes in contact with about her relationship with God and his power in her on a real and personal level. So thank you so much, Amy, for being here with us today. I am honored to have you as a guest. Well, thank you, Tatiana. It's a blessing to see you again as well. Yes, we, oh gosh, it really kind of feels like a lifetime ago already that we saw each other last, but we were at the National Right to Life Convention, and that was our first time really meeting. Please tell me that was our first time meeting. (laughs) It it was, it was. So so, um, I knew of you. Yeah. Um, We had, we had not met and it was just such a God, God inspired conversation when it really was. And I don't know if you have moments where you pass people and you can just feel like the presence of God is within them. Like sometimes you just pass and you're just like, oh, what was that? Like, I want to talk to that person. And so that was how I felt every time we would walk past. I was like, oh, there's something different about her. And so finally we got to sit down. I think it was the last evening and really just talk with each other, which was awesome. Yeah, that was wonderful. And and likewise with you. So when when that um when God is doing a work in someone, it just it it carries and it's yes. a beautiful it's a beautiful transfer that you can pass along to someone. That's it's what so we're called true. to do. It's so true. It's so true. So you are in South Carolina. Are you born and raised in South Carolina? Yes. So okay. so I'm born uh, I was born in South Carolina and then um I've lived in DC before, but um, yes. So, and I've been in South Carolina for over 20 years. So. Yeah. So that's home. That's home for you essentially. Oh, that's awesome. And so can you share what you do currently? What's your current position that you hold? Yes. So I'm a lobbyist for South Carolina citizens for life. 
and also in nonprofit, there, there are many, many roles that, that we carry and, and, what, and what we do. So I also, ironically, I wasn't hired as a lobbyist. I was hired for my background is in marketing and sales um, and oh wow, social media, et cetera. And so, and there wasn't a position even available. So that's a whole nother God story. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. But so I started um, because our organization, our um, nonprofit organization, which is South Carolina Citizens for Life, which is a state affiliate to the National Right Life Committee. Um, so we were blessed by the generosity of a, of a donor um, for the purpose of using those funds for the role that I began in, which was donor relations and development. The board had been... Um, talking for for years about the need for for this and it just time and the blessing from God uh, came came available and uh, ironically all of that it was around the COVID so I had been furloughed with the job that I had and then um, some other I had you know taken some other positions that weren't the right fit for me in fact God was closing every possible door and go every door and there was a work that he was doing within my own life um, with regard to uh, abortion and so um, God knew all of those things which I had not even pieced together until this this particular chance meeting I mean if you want me to go ahead and share yeah um, please do yeah I actually so so the way it worked after COVID I, I I mean, I have been for the last two years, it's just been a, just a strong, just a strong, strong calling on my life with the Lord. And I was, you know, in intimate conversation with God about what he wanted me to do. And, and I am post-abortive. Okay. So, and that was at age 19, I'm 48 now. So, but God. Yes. Amen. <laughs> The but God, um, and of course, growing not of not of course, this isn't something you would know. But growing up with a Christian background, a um, my grandfather's a pastor, my family's been in ministry, etc. I knew that that was wrong, what I had done, and for so long, I was running in other areas, trying to cover up what was causing so much pain in my life from grief from, from that particular abortion. But he, but of course, circle, you know, years past, which is current. Okay. Current, two years ago, I was already in victory with him where um, healed. And I didn't know I had this calling on my life, but of course God is my creator did. And so during that time frame, as I was talking with him, he just shared with me, he said, you know, he didn't share it to me all at once. And God's so kind in that way, yes. because Patty, I've been like, no, <laughs> like I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally out. Um, but he shared uh, just in that. And no, now he speaks to me very strongly in some ways. But in that way, this it was a lovingly uh, urge and nudge to, that said, you know, I would, I could see you um, doing some work, volunteering 
in the pro-life sector. And I didn't know about a pro-life sector. I just knew oh my goodness. this wasn't something that I believed in because, and one, because it, God is the author of life and, and two, because I knew the damage that it, it caused me personally. Yes. Yeah. So I made a Google search based on what God had yes. shared with me about volunteering within my area in South Carolina. Well, and this was before I think Google was doing a lot of uh, keywords attack, you know, on all of those searches. So our organization actually was the first first thing that came up. Now, mind you, this is in the legislative and the education sector of the life arena. So when I made that call, I did not know who they were, what they did. I scrubbed, you know, I scrubbed their website, looked at their mission, and I was oh, this is very interesting and got a, got a tiny piece of, oh, maybe they're in legislative policy. Perhaps they're helping women. I don't know. But my sales, my sales background, God knew this, led me to just make the call and go ahead and make that contact directly and say, hi, my name is Amy. You don't know me and um, I don't know much about your organization, uh, however, I've been looking it up on uh, the website and I'd like to know more. God's put it on my heart that during this time, there's so much going on um, and so much uncertainty, really. But he's asked me to use some of this time to give back. Yeah. So um, that started as a conversation. The next thing you know, the executive director and I and um, another person in our organization were eating lunch and the executive director talks to the board, et cetera, a position was created. And here, here I am. Yeah, so. that is amazing. That's, I mean, if you need a God story there, that's beautiful. Like, seriously, I can't even, I didn't know all of those details. We talked a little I, bit about some of it, but I, for our listeners, cause I, I don't think it's common wording post abortive. Can you explain what that means and kind of walk us through what does that look like? Like what is yes. post-abortive? Yes. And to me, it's a, a kind way of saying someone who's had an abortion uh, without passing judgment or shame, um, but to give her an open door uh, to say, I know that this was wrong and, 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 a, and for it a safe place to land. And the recognition, you know, the world will tell you, the enemy will say, hey, that's okay, go do it. It's your choice. And you're going to be able to succeed in life after that. That's going to help you not harm you. But what I do know, and what other women who have experienced it, we're not just out there saying this harms women. We've experienced the harm ourselves. And so, yeah. Who the more, um, who who more wants to actually say to a woman, "I don't want you to experience what I experienced." There are other options, but if you do make that choice, I'm not going to condemn you. I'm going to help you get through. After God's going to try to heal, God's going to heal your heart back together again and put those pieces together. But 
anyway, it's it, it that that's what that's what so, the, um, that's what it means. The term means, yeah. And I think um, what always amazed me about the term, like, I mean, we turn down that term so easily. Like, well, first of all, we don't talk about the effects of abortion often enough, but also it just makes. I remember the first time hearing about it, and it just made sense to me that when we experience trauma, there is aftermath of all types of trauma. And so why aren't we talking about the aftermath of abortion and really what that does to us physically and mentally and emotionally? And there is healing from every type of trauma. But we are so in such denial that that this is a thing that this happens and that we need to work through uh, with God, the yes. pieces that are taken from us when these things happen in our lives. Right. And, and fast forward to now, I didn't know, um, you know, God gave me this revelation recently and I, I wrote it down I have a habit taking my journal. And when he speaks to me, I write it down. It's intentional when he, when he talks to me and he said, um, listen to what I was saying then from a perspective of what I'm doing now. Oh, come on. And so, yeah, when I listened, you know, he was nudging at my heart then. He's nudging at women's hearts then then during that process as well. Now, there who are we listening to? But now when we gain the perspective outside because what I found in my own personal experience it wasn't as if within days, weeks, months, or years, right. immediate, you know, years within like a year, two years that it came out because what was happening is it was like a trauma response to shut that off because I knew it was wrong. One, I would have had to admit what I did and two, I, all the grief that would be coming through was, was suppressed so uh, for for women who have done that and and may have not experienced there is a uh, post-traumatic syndrome kind of feeling or experience it does come out in some area of your life later if it doesn't happen in the beginning so that isn't all of my role but i will say it does give me the perspective and I believe it's, you know, the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. All the time, all day long, the enemy yeah. wants to keep you in that bondage. But for me and the work that I do for God, um, and it's and it, it's gotten to, a, it, it's in a place God has to, he continues to remind me back to the humble part. You know, we can, you can study because now it's gone full circle to where I've learned legislative policy. I've gone down a lobbyist role because that actually is a niche. We didn't even know that I had. <laughs> I want to hear that too. But God did. Um, yes. When we start to apply the perspective that God has given us, you can call it perspective, revelation, um, you you fill in the blank, then, then we're viewing it from an from a god honoring yes. lens that kingdom perspective 100% before you even before god nudged you in this way were you pro life or were i mean like was this on your radar of like 
no, I guess I kind of would like to do something in this realm or was it just like not at all healing it back okay. now for example I had you know of course I would of course vote accordingly to this because I knew it wasn't it wasn't good okay um so I that I would do that for example I didn't pay I wasn't hearing anything about um this particular issue on the news didn't really know about a pro-life movement. I mean, I, this was something in that I had no idea the passion that God had put on my heart for his children, for it to be less about policy and more about, and not just, not just the unborn. That is so valid, innocent. I mean, that's clearly God, that's clearly important. It's that's clear, near and dear to God's heart. But we have to have the perspective. What from as we draw closer and closer to God, He will reveal, or He has revealed to me that. You can have the best policy all day long and it will never be good enough. And I'm not saying to continue doing that. We do. We still have, we still have to do that. That needs to be coupled with a godly perspective that not only is he the creator of the person that is innocent, the unborn or the elderly, no matter which which um, uh, you know generation you're you're talking about, he's the creator of those that believe this too or believe against it. He's the creator of those who are. Let's and for me, I've been put in a position of, for example, he's the person. This is what I'm going to just say. He's had to put me in the place of. Who do you fear, man or me? And it's not fear of being afraid of the Lord, but it's an awe of him because of what he, all of his, all of the perspectives that he, that he shows, because what he gives me is just a fraction of his existence. But with, with, um, with seeing his other children, if we are seeking the Lord, he will then reveal to us, these are also my children I've created. And I need people who are listening to me that have the burden for them too. Because if we're really wanting a revival, where are the, where are the people that are going to be having that light that haven't closed the door for these people when they're needing a place to run? when many things have been exposed and then there's a segment of those people. I mean, I know a lot of them, their hearts are hardened, but not all of them are. And God knows that, which is why he is depending. He can do, he can do it all in a blink, but he wants to us so that we can glorify him and the other people that he has been trying to reach. It's, some of these people were born in a generation they've been fed lies. Yes. Yes, they have. And I think I feel like the younger generations just 
they understand that piece of it. And I see God doing such a work in, um, like, I mean, even like my daughter, um, who is going to be nine soon and she just has a heart, like she wants, she under, she understands that you, you really have to love everyone. And it's interesting. I mean, I think it's generational and how we were taught, but I just don't think the younger generations are going to be, they're not going to go. I mean, they're going to love everyone. They are not going to care who did what they really want to hone in on that full, full of like, what's the term, like a full life mindset where I think we're in a pro-life time and we're coming out of it, but we're in a time in the movement where there's such a focus on the baby and the mother. And that's as it should be, but we have to back up and look at all aspects who is all involved and how can we love all of those people involved, even if we don't agree with them and generations see that and they're doing it and they want to kind of take up that mindset of just the baby, just the mother, but they're like, well, what about the father? And what about the abortionists? And what about, you know, all of these players, we need to speak in and understand all aspects to solve a problem. And so I just, I think I'm so excited for the generations behind us who are coming up, because they get it. And I think that I think we all get it to some degree, but there's a difference in like our organizations who are doing the work to love those people help those people like it just makes a difference I think too legislatively um but younger generations are really grabbing on to the aspect of like I don't care who you are what you did God loves you and so yeah I just I just am um really encouraged by the generations behind us that are coming up but I have a question for you too so as you were as as you kind of I think, well, I, even for myself, like you get into a role and you don't know what God has put into you until someone kind of sees that in you, or you start to find the interest in that. And like, you're like, I never cared about policy before. Like, I didn't even know I could do something like that or would be good at it. So once you stepped into this volunteer work, how did you even, like, it just blows my mind that you were in this whole other realm of marketing and business. And then how did you step into the lobbying piece of it? Yes. And so, uh, my personality, when, <laughs> when, you know, you, you look at Myers-Briggs tests, uh, Myers-Briggs and other personality, personality tests, my, one of my strongest, and this can be positive or negative, but sure. if it's used to glorify God, yeah. it is excellent. And that's bold courage and the ability to depersonalize rejection. Yes. Okay. Yes. Let's get into that. So, so that existed for a sales background that I thought sales was and marketing that and that tenacity. Yes. Fortitude. I thought that that was what it was for. Now that I'm living in my God given purpose this was actually how what I was created to do. So when you were talking about I, I totally, you know, could just clap, clap, clap on the the generations that are the generation that's rising up and and doing this so well. And we need to be shepherding that. They're not going to get it perfect and look at what we've done. Neither have we. And we need to encourage it because 
you know, what God has spoken to me was, and I'm going to look at some of my notes because he just this into me. It was like all scripture. Um, and this is me talking, not what, what God has revealed to me, but you know, yeah. all throughout scripture, if we pay attention, we hear two balances from a, from a 100% judicious God and equally weighted with truth and love. Okay. So when we're talking about yeah. what we're saying, un, not, not saying what the other person that is screaming at you because, you know, God is calling me to say, okay, yes, when they spit on you, that's when they say vile names about you. Yet he doesn't say walk away. He actually says, stand there. Do not, um, do not argue because have they not seen what I've seen or you've seen, Tatiana? I mean, they've not seen yet. And from a perspective of God's not done with them yet. Amen. Yeah, that's good. God's not done yep. with them yet. And so I can't look at them in a way just like God wasn't done with me. <laughs> um, so, you know, he equally waited with the truth and love. So the lamb that was slain is the same one that's returning to this earth as a lion. So you're... Yes. Are we getting that all encompassing? So God has to work me on that bold courage of lion because he wants me to be a woman of God in the lion because it does take, it does take boldness to stand there. If someone's going to spit at you, threaten you, et cetera. It does. It does. Not denying that, but I believe he wants us to see perspective here in 2023 that as the body of Christ, we've been carrying, you know, one of two things, you know, we're getting the truth really well. We're getting the love really well. And just a mixture, a mixture. We're, we're really not making, we, we are and like what you're saying. It's being done. So God is raising up a generation of people that are doing this and we're needing to just pave the way for this to continue because our God was always both. And in this season, and he still, he still is, he wants us to balance them both, especially for me, I've been called to be a just bearer. And like you have been too. Um, and so to represent him on the earth. So when we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Um, who are we saying this prayer to ourselves? <laughs> You know, are we saying it to us so that, you know, the kingdom becomes what we believe it should be? Or or are we uh, praying that so God, you know, God himself, our earth as it is in heaven in the. So if there's ever been a time to claim what he's been waiting on us to get, it's now. So we must, must, must be the equal weight of justice that paves the way of the Lord to move swiftly. and I want to be a part of that <laughs> part of what God's wanting to do on this earth not what Amy wants him to do um, so blinders that need to be removed from people to save a lost and dying world before he returns so you know, prepare for a revival in preparation if we know our God is a merciful God 
And we know that God, there are people that um, have not been shown the way yet. There's still work for us to do. And um, so it's it's basically doing the best representation for me is, you know, how Deborah was carrying the. Yes, I was just thinking about that. Yes. Yes. She's carrying the justice mantle. And so I can't know everything about Deborah, but what I do know is that she honored God and brought down kingdoms of darkness. What we do know about David and scripture tells us that he was a man after God's own heart. What we do know that David wasn't perfect. He got it wrong. They got it wrong when he didn't speak the Lord for counsel. The other times when he saw the Lord, you see how, how powerful it was. But you've got two things there. Justice. Justice with, you know, with, with Deborah, the truth. And the love portion like David. So for me, I want to be a woman for God's own heart. So when they both coupled, then... You've got a special sauce, which is the Holy Spirit allowing you to do it. Yep. Amen. Oh, that is so good. And it was funny because as you were talking, God said, uh, Deborah. And so that was so spot on. And what I feel, so I would really like you to talk to the woman. I don't know. I just sense like there's people listening who are being stirred, like they've been, there's maybe been, um, in their quiet time with God, like, I want you to dip into these areas of social, social causes, but I don't know. I just feel like God is raising up like, uh, stay at home mothers, like people who have really never thought about these things or even felt equipped to go into these areas. And so what would you say to those people, man or woman listening, um, to just kind of, yeah, what would you say? Cause you were there, you were like, had never really thought about this until God was like the red light went off. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I would encourage people, if God's spoken that to you, be obedient. Yeah. Obedient. And it's not, he's going to throw it all out there um, immediately and make it too hard for you. He knows how you're wired also. So if he shares something, he knows something within you, you may not recognize yet that's going to be, revealed. So, um, encourage just, just to step out in faith, um, step out in faith that God is exactly who he says he is and step out in faith. For example, you know, there are many areas, um, in the social sphere. So I just represent, um, one that's near to God's heart and work in that, um, area. You work in one that is just, oh, if they mesh, I believe at some point, I mean, we have you, to merge the two, I think. Yeah, it's, we're, we're at a time, crossroads in the we movement. We are at a crossroads yeah. with that um, with sex trafficking and um, we, it's a funnel for both. I mean, it's just a, it's a funnel. And so we can sit here and say it's a mess, but we can also say, but God if we're operating in how he's called us, the Holy Spirit will equip us to do if we're being honoring. So if we're only just shouting the truth, that's not representative of Jesus Christ. And if we're only saying, oh, we welcome you in love and that's all, that's not representative of Jesus Christ. 
Uh, so if we're working in special sauce, secret sauce, whatever it is of the power of the Holy Spirit, it's going to be great. So step into what God has said to you. And um, in the pro-life sphere, you know, there are sidewalk counselors. My goodness, I don't even know that this existed. I've done that um, occasionally um, when in prayer time. So, you know, um, there are organizations in every state that pray outside of abortion clinics. This is to pray. This is to go in truth and love and be a representative of Jesus. That is an alternative, a real choice. I go into this facility. This is not a choice. It's not a choice. It's a death of two souls. And the woman walks out of there saying, I wish someone had helped me. So um, when we think like that, then, you know, if God puts something like that on your heart, I know a woman um, who just, she just started something at her church. She had no idea that God put this on her heart, but she, God revealed it. She was in prayer. And then the next thing you know, she's starting a ministry within the church. So that's amazing. Um, there, there are different, there are different areas. I mean, go to where, whatever state you're in, look at organizations, pro-life organizations in my, and in my state, I'd put South Carolina and then look, and if you want to, uh, I mean, as someone who works at, at, within a nonprofit organization, we always need help. Always. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Always. Go help these organizations. You're going to get someone on the other line that is so appreciative of your call. Yep. 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 And I also, too, I feel like sometimes people who have maybe had an abortion or, you know, facilitated some type of abortion in some way, they feel like, well, I know I'm supposed to do something now, but I feel like I can't because I've I've done these things. And so I always just want to say that there is, uh, I mean, if you are feeling called and you've, you've been in a place where you've maybe helped in someone get an abortion or you've had an abortion, like just know God loves you and he will always redeem, like you said, the things for his, for his purpose. And so I he think it's important to completely that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then also if abortion, if the issue of abortion is not like you, you feel like, I don't know if I could step into that yet, start anywhere else, like wherever you go and there's people in need and it all overlaps. If you touch on the issue of homelessness or, you know, food insecurity, all of these issues overlap with things like trafficking or, you know, the issue of abortion. So just start somewhere. It doesn't have to be this issue. And so I think that's important too, because sometimes I feel like I've, I've heard a lot of people who are like, well, I like care about this issue, but I'm not super pro-life yet, but I want to help. And it's like, then go do something like see what God is telling you because anything you touch is going to touch another issue. Right. So, yeah. And be open to uh, there is no shame and condemnation in Christ. There is zero, zero shame and condemnation in Jesus Christ. So, but He loves you enough not to leave you there. So He, we've just have to surrender and say. 
God, this was wrong. I'm sorry. And from there, that's the door to open it up for him to restore. And also, I mean, in my case, I'm going and working directly against what caused me pain. If kingdom purpose, if you're looking at it, this is a spiritual battle. This is not in the, this is not a natural battle. When we fight it like it's natural, we will lose. Yep. Yep. And that's what I was going to ask you. So as you do your work, how does God show up? Like, how do you, it sounds like a weird way to say it, but how do you utilize God in, in the lobbying piece of what you do? What does that look like? Absolutely. Prayer. Yes. Yeah. This is also posture that I have to have um, before. I can't tell you the favor of God. Uh, I can't begin to describe because I am not an attorney. I um, have had did not have led a legislative policy background. But when you're in prayer and you seek the Lord and you tell the enemy I don't have this power, but I do have the authority of God that lives in me because of the blood covenant of Jesus Christ. And God said, we are joint heirs with Jesus. And so all the authority, dominion, power, glory exists when we're operating in the Holy Spirit. So I tell that enemy about my weakness and then I'm in contact, obviously, with with God, and he opens up the doors that no man can shut and that I could not have even entered into. So my prayer life is hands down. That's that's where it works. And then he gives you the, gives you the um, rest when you need it, but he also gives you that supernatural energy that you're like how on oh earth? come on yeah <laughs> yes did that yes. get accomplished yes I mean, it's unbelievable that's I mean, so crazy when that happens tell people oh I haven't been to sleep in three days or whatever and, and I can't even believe what's being going on but that is the truth and then God then gives you that time of rest um but yeah so I mean he's open up doors with senators and representatives that I could never do. He's told me to walk through an angry mob of people to say, have no fear in me and don't walk the other way around and cowtail as if you're afraid. Walk through it. Carry my love and truth. And, and it you see it boomerang. At the very end, and what looked like don't have the votes, turns out that uh, God knows what's going to happen at the end. He knows the end from the beginning. So if you're walking in that pace. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, it, then, and walking in that way of working really gives you the, the ability to also just not take everything on. All the no's, all the discouragement that can come with it like you're able to just give it back to him because you don't hold it it's not yours to hold or carry that's right so, I know that yeah it's not by my own strength says the Lord it's his and so you know now does that mean that 
I don't cry. Of course. Or oh, yeah. It doesn't break, break my yep. heart on some things. Doesn't yes. mean that certain things aren't painful. And you go home and you're like, man, when I say, and people are like, oh, that's a really cool job. And then you don't want to then say, oh, well, what you don't know is what you it's really important to God. You're right. Um, and I don't want to disrespect what they've said either, because unless you're walking, you don't know um, uh, the experience that someone has. You don't know that um, it kind of basically, you know, you're canceled here in culture so that you can have followers that you walk into heaven and you see followers of Yahweh because of the work that you were obedience to. Yes, 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 yes. If you're honoring for that, from that perspective, because I have to always circle myself back to that every, in every daily aspect of, okay, this is going to make me look like X, or this is not going to be, and it's not because I'm not doing it in love as well. It's just that this is the culture, cancel culture. But that doesn't mean that it's right. Exactly. exactly. How will more followers get, you know, be, be where we want them to be for kingdom purposes if we're being concerned with something that is our own manufactured man-made system? Do you have any crazy God stories as you've been in the legislation of just like, this was only God? Like, there's no oh, way. It, it, our last session, only God. We had, we had a representative, um, that no one knew except the inner circles, but God, obviously, we've got someone serving in. Um, anyway, I don't, I can't remember where he was serving, but um, but uh, and I don't want to mispronounce. It's it was in Africa, uh, part part of Africa. But anyway, um, Djibouti, I think Djibouti. Um, and anyway, so <laughs> mid midday after you know all hope looked lost and someone comes in which was the vote that was needed now god makes a way from someone in africa that was military that was in military service <laughs> that anyway if that makes and then and to see i mean that was a senator by the way my apologies yeah yep. but, to see, but to see the the wind of god rush over that body as he walked in now of course some people knew he was going to be there but the other side and those who were should have been on your side and were elected to be on your side who weren't it was just like a wind of god but god those but god moments happen all the time and so if you're trusting in god for those and praying over that and being god honoring of what you know if he's telling you to do something if he's telling you don't back down if he's saying don't back down don't back down oh like jehoshaphat if he's saying okay yes it may look like a multitude is coming to defeat you israel but I'm telling you to worship me and bow down and praise me. That's, that's what I'm telling you to do. Then that's what we do. Yeah. Have you found even within, because I think especially within policy, relationships are key. And I am curious if you have found, have you, have you is there anything that surprised you as you have started to build relationships and with other policymakers and legislators like, 
I think God surprises us sometimes. In fact, National Right to Life um, had me do a, well, via Zoom, just a, uh, for the academy. So for, for so had me speak on policy and lobbying in one, of their, in one of their trainings for the academy students Yeah, very recently. And so I was sharing uh, some of this um, with them, but <clears throat> where am I going with this? I lost my train of thought. No, you're good. Um, I was just curious where... Oh. If you've had any surprises in your relationship building within what the legislation as you have stepped oh, in. No, yeah. So National Right to Life had me by Zoom uh, do a legislative policy and lobbying uh, segment with their academy students. And so this was very recent, about two months ago. And prior to that, they wanted me to share, you know, because both of them were going into were going into the lobbying sector of the pro-life pro -life arena. So one is about to go to is going to law school, and I believe the other one as well. Not not one hundred percent sure, but anyway. Um, prior to that Zoom, I had asked other legislators that I have a close relationship with. I asked them. And I wanted their critique, not just to be fed information. I wanted them to tell me what did they find the most valuable with our interactions or with regard to policy. What was I able to do or help them? What would the academy students need to get from most based on their experience with me? What could I teach them? And and all three of these legislators had various things to say, but they all three said, hands down, the relationships that you've had with us has been the most important and who we call and for what. For example, they may not look at me as if, oh, I'm the one that's going to write the best policy. But they did share that they would look to me as who they trusted. And so we can find best policy, right? But are you going to be the person they trust and call? Because every, if you're the person that helps with writing up the policy, you're getting good legislation passed. And so it's very important to have that open window. And that that includes if you're being told something by a legislator, because what will happen when you when the favor of God is walking with you and you're being God honoring, you're relying on him, you're having conversations with people that are God honoring, then you can't that trust when they share something with you because often they share things with you that they haven't shared with other people or they want to make sure that it's not going out there but it has to be told to someone for the purpose of the good to get done and so if you're being trustworthy you're going to get those calls again and 
you're not doing it for selfish gain. Working in tandem with someone else who is honoring God and you're working with the pieces of the puzzle that has to get things done for the kingdoms. Yes, 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 yes. That is so good. I think that's a piece of um, being in policy that is overlooked so often. So often yeah. we want to get things done. We want things to get passed, but it doesn't happen without. I'm not saying that the policy. That that's true, and I think so often. And I'm not saying that policy isn't good, and it needs to of be course. great, and yes. you need to know all that. Yes. Absolutely, I, I definitely do, and I need to be able to. See what are those red herrings, etc.? Um, however, if you don't have the other, then it is serving myself and an organization. And not God and first and the organization second. Ooh, that's so good. Can you say that again? That was so good. Yeah. So if if we're not leading with doing what God has called us to do, for example, developing those relationships, God honoring relationships, because if there's one, if there's one person that gets it, yeah. meaning they're hearing the voice of God. Now I'm not saying in an audible, but they have prayer time. God is telling them. God's put it on their heart. You have sponsors of a bill. Most often, God's put it on their heart. So when you're coupled with, with that, and then they recognize, okay, you're doing kingdom work. They're doing kingdom work. They're trusting you because they know. Because God's revealed it to them. And God revealed it to you as well. He puts those pieces together and he will let the person know that you are highly favored, not because of all of your knowledge in your, your in my weakness, I am strong. He will reveal this. May, this is the person that God, um, that is listening to God. Versa, he will reveal that to me. And so then it's God honoring because then we're moving in, in how we're supposed to, and we're putting what God's purpose is first and the organization separate instead of it backwards. I mean, it's like a totem pole where you're aligned with God. And so it's, you know, are, am I putting my, my, myself on the top and am I, in a husband, a husband relationship, husband, wife relationship. Okay. Am I putting my husband above God? Yes, we are called to be wives and submit, which is why we do. Uh, but we all, um, but also there is God will come. We have to have him first. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Self first, and likewise, we're at an organization. We're doing kingdom work because we love the Lord. Sometimes along the way, and this is what I have seen and witnessed within ministries, and this can be in the actual physical church, not the body of Christ church. The physical church in the four walls, you can see. At some point there might be a little bit of idolatry going on here um, where it's become about the actual church versus God. Same thing happens in organizations that are doing kingdom purpose uh, purposes. We, we're, we can, 
I see a lot within, well, any movement, anything that's called a movement where they put the movement, Christians put the movement up there and without intentionally doing it, God comes second. Correct. And like, it's exactly like you're saying though, in order for it to be a kingdom work, God always has to be first and God will literally align the rest of it. He will bring it all together if you allow him to be first and not the purpose even if he's called you to the purpose, like it's never yeah. first. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. it's me also being in submission to the Lord, knowing that he has to bring me back to that perspective all the time. So it's when we, I believe that in ministries or in organizations with a purpose that's near to the heart of God, we need to be in submission to him of God reveal to me any areas where I've made something an idol and so that we can hear the voice of God and the power of the Holy Spirit saying to us, okay, make sure, or else I'd be leading with just the justice right now for everything, because, you know, the flesh size of, side of me is wanting to just carry this all about justice. Yes. Yes. Yep. And we do need to carry that. We also have to represent God well. Yep. Amen. I love everything you're saying. That is, uh, I, I, I pray he's getting the glory for it. It's certainly not. I am. No, I love it. I can, my flesh can't think of these things. So no, I know. Isn't that funny? I, I think of that too, as well. Sometimes where I'm like, that was all God, not me. Okay. Um, is there anything that you ha- haven't shared yet that got, that is on your heart for this season and this time? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So let's hear it, Amy. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, God, um, in July, so we're in that new fresh season of wow, lots going on. I don't know if you yeah. can feel it. The I earth. totally can. We're there. Transition. And so lots going on. And so um July, he said, Amy, learn what the blood covenant and me represents and understand what authority I've given each of you. Hmm. Um, so and that that was so powerful. I didn't know it was going to be so powerful, but it, but it is because we talk about the blood and then we know in Revelation, it, it, you know, we, we will overcome by the blood, the blood of the lamb, word of their testimony. And so I, that's what I've been putting a book together for, for a while now. And then the book took a turn towards this this direction on um what god is is saying through that and you know his jesus christ alone is the ultimate partner and purifier yes and that's what his blood does is purifies absolutely absolutely but not only does he do that but he gives us a pardon (laughs) the pardon and um and but the covenant part you know culture's uh, in other countries, that blood covenant, I mean, has united uh, those who did not get along for generations. So it has by history that covenant, but he is the, that it, his blood covenant is the true covenant. It is real, but it doesn't stop there because the same applies to us because of the Jesus Christ that lives within us. That's what the whole power of, you know, when Jesus is telling his disciples, I must leave so that 
Yeah. So by, by doing that, um, the authority that lives within us, and I believe that he is calling um, the body of Christ to work in their authority. So, you know, Matthew 28 tells us that Jesus, we've been, Jesus has been given all authority of heaven and earth, heaven and earth. And the Hebrew meaning of authority, and that's um, not just power, but it's dominion, territory, control, position of, okay? Um, in Romans, let's see, um, Romans, uh, I, Romans 8, 17 tells us we're joint heirs with Christ. Um, so we share in his suffering, yes, but therefore, hey, if we share in his suffering, we share in his glory too. In authority. So we... The birthright that exists by the blood covenant, the, the Hebrew meaning of heir is our birthright, our inheritance. So if we're understanding and thinking of it, um, so um, we have the inheritance that Jesus received. And then Galatians 5, um, uh, Christ has given us freedom and he set us free. So then what are we supposed to do to stand firm and not submit to a yoke of slavery again. We're operating in what's going on right now. We are called to stand firm, <laughs> stand firm and continue to do what God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are telling us to do and to not submit, to not submit. We have authority in Jesus Christ this earth and we are here to be his uh, representation and that is what he's that is what he's speaking to me um right now as far as people needing to walk in that we're needing to not just hear it we're needing to walk and step into that yep um i love that that is con confirmation for me because god is really Actually, since Roe v. Wade was overturned, God has been speaking to me a lot about his blood covenant and what the blood does. And even yes. at a national level of the shedding of innocent blood and how now we as Christians need to be taking taking some of that back and speaking life and pleading the blood of Jesus over our nation. Absolutely. And so I have been called for like the past, well, I've been doing it every day for like probably the past six months of communion every morning before I pray, or even if I'm in a hurry, I'll just quickly sit and pray with God and do communion. But God is, God has really shown me that. And I hear it throughout different areas of, if as I talk to other Christians or different churches, like they're focused, God is focusing on the blood, of the blood covenant. Yes. And I think there's a greater purpose to it that we don't understand, but it's starting to be instilled in our hearts of like, we need to understand this. We need to be taking communion. We need to be putting ourselves under the blood of Jesus and really understanding the power of the blood of Christ. And so that is really amazing. That's amazing. That's beautiful, Tatiana. God is there. There's power in, in yes, the, there's power in that yes. as well. Um, so what, what he was, you know, saying most recently about, um, listen to what, I was saying then from a perspective of what he's doing now. Yes. All of what he was saying then back in, in scripture from the perspective of what he's doing now, no longer can we 
remain lukewarm. Those days are done. Yep. Yep. We need to rise up and understand our authority. And I, I also think too, like, so I was praying earlier. I always pray and ask God what he wants me to say to our guests or any word he has. And actually what he showed me, he showed me a verse for you, Amy, and it was Proverbs 23, one through five. Now I don't know the Bible. Like I don't, I'm very bad at memorization. So like, I didn't know what it said or what it, what it um, was referring to. So I'm just going to read it. So while dining with a ruler, pay attention to what is put before you. If you are a big eater, put a knife to your throat. Don't desire all the delicacies for he might be trying to trick you. Don't wear yourself out by trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will spout or it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. And there's an it's a huge chapter and there's so much wisdom in all of it. But those were the verses that he gave me. Yeah. Yeah. And so as I was praying for you, I saw, I mean, I think God is raising you up, but I also started to see like a raising up of other women in legislation and not even like policymakers, but like literally like secretaries or administrative assistants, like literally just women who are, you know, lovers of and followers of God and are starting to be stirred like you were and starting to speak to maybe the people that they're working with or the inner circle people of some of these, you know, policymakers. God is starting to raise up people, not just in the church, but in other mountains, so to speak. Amen to that. You're so so right. He's spoken to me that, Amy, the, you, you need to give other women the space to have courage you've got they need the space to have courage and if he's already given me um, the ability to see certain things and walk in it in obedience doesn't mean it's easy doesn't mean I get it all right either but it just means I'm obedient to doing that it gives other women the courage to follow behind and find yes. their voice and what he wants them to do. Yes. Yes. And so I think you are, um, well, like when I first met you, I actually was like, God, I think she's like a preacher. <laughs> so it was really funny <laughs> that you are, that you have that in your generational line. So there's something there. But when I prayed, I saw you actually as like a preacher of legis- like a, of the legislation, which is what a lobbyist is essentially. And if they lo- love God, then they're a preacher in that way. But that mm-hmm. is really what God showed me is that he has put you in this place and you know this, like you, we just talked about it for a bigger purpose, aside, like even bigger than the issue of abortion, I believe. And so that this is just a small piece of it. And I think God is just going to like, you're going to look back on your life and be like, I don't even know how this ended up where it is today because it's only God. So this is like, if you think it's crazy now, I just feel like God says like, just wait, it's going to get crazier. <laughs> well, I, I trust him in the, in the natural, I'll be like a panic, but I don't even blink because he's, he's our Jehovah Jireh provider and not just financially, he's my provider for information. Yes, too. yes, yes. <laughs> and it's the only way I just, I mean, I encourage anyone, this is the reason I did this podcast to begin with is if you are, if you are someone who loves God, you pray 
ask God what that looks like in your work life. Because I think we, especially as women, we do not talk about our faith in a professional setting enough. I think we have to do some healing and some stripping of like the fear of man to do some of that. But I just um, think that podcasts like this and others can really just bring light to like, maybe I can have conversations with women I meet or with people I just have that feeling with, I pass them in the hallway and there's that God, that God within them that I can feel. And so that's a piece of just encouragement to anyone listening is to don't be afraid to start stepping out in your true purpose of what God has called you to. So that's good. And for, and for you, you know, God is um, telling me to encourage you because you're already giving women the courage to move into what space God uh, can or could could have them in if they're obedient. Yes. And you're stepping out in, shepherd, in shepherding by doing this. And there's a whole, this is so intentional. The yep. intentionality, I mean, that was, God revealed that to me about you. Thank you you're so much. So, it's yeah. so intentionally that the intention of your work yeah. It's amazing through, through God. So this is so intentional and God's going to use this and we don't know who, how, we'll see. but one day we will. God, God knows. That's what my prayer was this morning. Cause yeah, I'm just like, oh my gosh, God, like, where do you want me? What do you want me to do now? is such a time of transition for me personally. And so God is doing a lot within me, but it's just, I have, I get so impatient because I just want to do all the things that God has. And I see, you know, and you're, and it's just like, God, just put me in, like, I'm ready. Like put me in the game. Let's go. And so God's like, just wait, like, just and then wait. I have to look at the years of uh, purifying to even get to this point. Wow. You want to know what it took to get to this type of refinement? go through that process uh sometimes you may not want what the calling you know what can the calling god has you because he knows how knows how we're wired and and some of them um they're 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 not just an an immediate (laughs) yes yes i'm learning god is doing good things but it's so hard to wait oh oh absolutely yeah you're in you're soaking all of this in right now of what he's uploading to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Well, I want to have you back. I actually have decided I'm going to have you back when your time allows, because I want to get deeper into some of the things God has done in your life. But for now, let's, if you're okay with us ending in prayer, then also where can everyone find you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? In terms of by phone? Um, or even just on social media, if you, Cause I know you yes. have an Instagram, oh, yes. right? Yep. Oh, absolutely. Amy Chris B on Instagram. And I have a presence on Facebook and Twitter, but I, I don't use that or X, whatever um, it is now, but, um, but the Instagram is what I use and guess what? So you'll, uh, sh- Hey, share the love with me because I certainly, I'm one of those who has a minimal amount of followers because I'm a person who's been canceled multiple times. It, it is fine. I am settled in what that looks like. And so, yep. but awesome. All right. And again, that's Amy, Chris B B is in boy. boy. Baker. 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 
<laughs> Thank you. All right. Do you want to pray me or do you, are you, do you want oh, to pray us out? I would love, I would love, love to. Love are, we, are we still recording? We are. And then I'll, as soon as we're done praying, I'll stop the recording. Okay, great. Heavenly Father, you are such a good, good father. Thank you so much for this, um, for your, for your daughter, Tiana. Um, thank you for what you're doing in her life. Thank you for her obedience. Thank you for her, uh, the calling that you put on her to be uh, so intentional, just making connections when it would have been so easy just for her not to have conversations with me that opened up the door um, for today. And I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in her life. Uh, reveal to her what you're wanting her to learn in this season, where you're having her go and what you're having her do. Um, help her rejoice and find nourishment and encouragement as she is the mother and wife in her home um, and being obedient to where you've called her in this season. Thank you for the women that will, women and men who will hear this yeah. message and um, just give them a sweet, sweet sound yes, uh, of heaven and a glimpse of you, Father, in all that we say and we do um, to bring glory and honor to your name in Jesus name. Amen. Yes. And I also just say a prayer over Amy, God, I just pray that um, you will just give her your discernment from above God, that every step she takes from here forward, there will be an increase in heavenly discernment, God, that she will start to literally just hear from the angels that you've given her Lord, um, to, to watch over her family, to watch over her work, Lord. And so I just pray blessing upon blessing for Amy and her family, God. And I just thank you for everything you're doing in her life. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Amy. I am so honored to talk to you and we will have you back. I'm so honored to talk to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Prophetic Justice Podcast. Before you go, show some love by leaving a review, subscribing to the show, and sharing this episode with a friend. You can connect with me on IG at Prophetic Justice Podcast or by email at propheticjusticepodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the show notes.